all corners of the globe to your ears. It's the Midnight Movie Cowboys. Sometimes informative, sometimes controversial, but always unpredictable. It's the Midnight Movie Cowboys podcast with your hosts, Hunter, John, and Stu. And now, on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Midnight Movie Cowboys. I am Hunter in Texas, and joining me in the Rocky Mountain Hive, Colorado, is Mr. John Grace. Say hello, John. Hello. And in the wild outback of Australia, we have Mr. Stuart Balk. Say hello, Stu. Hello, Stu. Okay, class. (laughs) And we also have... Joining us once again, Positively Wolfie T from Watch This Movie. What's up? And you know, <laughs> Wolfie's here. So I, got, I, I got a question. Wait, I got a question. What? what? Brett, I want to yeah. ask you something. Would you class yourself as a wrestling fan? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Never thought of him as a wrestling fan. No, I never picked it. Ever. I thought he was more of an MMA guy. <laughs> but but now that the UFC and WWE are under one umbrella, he's going to be a fan of both. Hey, we yeah, want... we weren't, you weren't allowed to be a fan of both before the merger. Now it's okay. Now it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you weren't allowed That's to be a Dave fan. Like you were not like allowed to be a fan of the D- D- WWF and WCW back in 1998. You would. I, I like, I like how they they were like, we need to, we want them both to be fans. And Dana White was like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they used to ask Vince McMahon who their uh, primary competition was, and they he would leave off UFC, and they'd say, what about UFC? And he says, no, it's a different fan base. Mm-hmm. Entirely, no crossover yeah. whatsoever. There's none. None. My friends who are MMA fans uh, would probably have rather died than watch wrestling. <laughs> you know, to them that was that was phony. It's phony, bro. It's it's not it's not real. It's not authentic. And I was always bored stiff by MMA. Yeah. Um, I, don't I respect it. it. I respect it, but I've always just kind of stared at it whenever my friends invite me over for the pay per views. John has a good just, theory about how we where MMA started. <laughs> <laughs> it, Bruce Lee Bruce Lee invented it <laughs> right right John <laughs> yeah apparently he's the godfather of MMA who knew he yeah, yeah. he created it Him and you Sam see that video a couple months ago of his, uh, his real fight yeah, they had a video of his real MMA fight it was on sur- uh, uh, uh. a resurfaced video Mm. Oh, wait, 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 wait. So now they'll have to re-release the Bruce Lee movies again and stick that on there as another extra. Yeah, of course, in the, in the video, he was wearing headgear and gloves and uh, <laughs> they were just point fighting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what he was doing, that demo, and they were wearing all this kendo um, padded guard. And I will see people who are like, so they're like coaches in, in uh, Muay Thai, and they'll say, look how innovative he is. I said... Really? He looks like shit to me. <laughs> Jeez, I have more respect for the karate point fighters of the 60s than that crap. You're going to dress up like a astronaut and bash on each other? It doesn't prove anything. It, what we found out from this video is that Bruce Lee did not invent MMA. He invented the brawl for all. 
<laughs> I'll tell you where it really started was it's real, Muhammad bro. Ali versus Antonio Inoki. <laughs> I'm serious. That was that's, supposed that's to be a word true, yeah. that turned into a shoot that was was then was awful to watch. And then uh, a year later, everybody thought Antonio Inoki had legendarily knocked down uh, Muhammad Ali and wounded him and defeated him. Yeah. <laughs> Which he did. Yeah. Like, he kicked the shit out of his legs. It was one reason uh, Ali had trouble walking for many years. Yeah. And Inoki went for him with those boots. <laughs> yeah. <Looking at> him. <laughs> and then and Inoki was like, I'm going to do to you what I'm about to do to Ric Flair in North Korea. <laughs> in, in front of 173,000 people who have never seen wrestling before or freedom. <laughs> They only got excited when like, the flamboyant. They're bugging our phones. Woo! They're <laughs> following us around. <laughs> Never and, seen a white person before. Like no wonder they, they're following they, 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 flare. They only started to get exciting when they see the Asian guy beating up the flamboyant white dude. Yeah. <laughs> and no one more flamboyant than Flair. Referee wounds the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway. The thing is, Chris Benoit was there, and he killed a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a poor taste. I'm sorry. That's I apologize. A, and I'm not cutting that out, so don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a bad joke. Bad joke. I disavow. Somebody myself. made Actually, somebody made a good point about wrestlers, that if you're a woman and your name is Nancy, do not ever get with a wrestler. And I, th- I thought about that. I thought, what are they talking about? And I go, okay, Nancy Benoit and also that <laughs> superfly Na- snooker woman, Nancy Argentina. Yeah, Nancy Argentina. Yeah, yeah. it's like, okay, it's a <laughs> bad mix. Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Oh, she fell. Yeah. We were wrestling. Oh, she bumped her head. <laughs> no, he put on his wild man act when the cops came in. Yeah. Well, well, Vince McMahon walked into the meeting <laughs> with the, the briefcase Vince McMahon money. walked into the meeting with a briefcase and he walked out empty-handed. <laughs> yeah. I love I love the the cop they who, who they interviewed on Dark Side of the Ring. <laughs> Just comes off as so sketchy. He's like, "Well, I don't know anything about that." <laughs> no, you only. I, I loved I loved that episode because they had the Tonga kid in there and. Uh, <laughs> As he was being interviewed, he realized that Jimmy Stuka actually killed her. <laughs> <laughs> was it? And there's, there's that guy who's defending him. Is it the Tonga kid who was like, yeah. oh, you know, I was driving with them earlier and she seemed fine, but he didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, did you know that Jimmy said that like she got out on the side of the road to, to take a piss and she fell and she hit her head? And he said, no, she didn't get out of the car. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was in there with her. Yeah, I was, I was there. She was fine the whole time, but he didn't do it. <laughs> I still haven't seen that episode. Oh, it's a good uh, one. You, you should go watch it. On him, and he's like, "Well, maybe, maybe <laughs> it did happen." <laughs> There's so many great moments in that show. <laughs> was it? That's that's almost that's as good as like when um when uh. The Ro- one of the Pierre Roger <laughs> gets oh, told Rougeau. that yeah. Rougeau, Rougeau. Yeah. He gets. I, I was like, I, I know I'm going to screw his name. It was up. a Jacques Rougeau. It was, Rougeau. It was Jacques, yeah. Jacques Rougeau. Okay, yes, the fabulous Rougeaus. Uh, he goes, <laughs> like he's informed that. 
the dynamite kids family was like living in hiding and fearing for their life because they thought Dino Bravo was going to kill all of them. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's funny. Um, I was just making a joke. I just wrote something down on a piece of paper. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you can see his face. He's kind of doing the math, kind of going. Uh. <laughs> Like, you know, the family was hiding and fearing for the other. Like, oh, and he's like, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> what is that legendary story of the Rougeaus of um, Jacques <laughs> knocking out the dynamite kid's front teeth with that oh, roller yeah. quarter? Yeah, yeah. When he, when he describes doing it, you can tell he still gets a rush thinking about oh, it. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> dynamite um, kid was an asshole of a human being. Well, there was a... I heard... Okay, they didn't cover this in the documentary... But there was some family that uh, I guess their kid was in an accident or something, and the dad was worried they weren't going to get the insurance money for whatever accident. So he asked the dynamite kid to break her legs, and he oh, did. Fine. Yeah, doesn't surprise me. Like just a real nasty piece of work. Yeah, Napoleon syndrome. Unfortunately, with that guy. That's what yeah. he had. Even though uh, Dynamite Kid wasn't as short as people think. He was only he was five nine, but compared to Davy Boy Smith, he was short. So yeah. and the other guys in Davey the Davy uh, Boy wasn't that tall either. No, he was about but six like, one, I think. That's why he got big in Japan. <laughs> that's right. But it, it's <laughs> funny on some of them old DVD compilations they'll show Matches of Dynamite Kid in uh, Calgary from like 1979, mm. and he's skinny as fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I've seen those ones. The WWF, like he was hitting the juice oh, hard. He just inflates yeah. like a like a blow up doll. Like just. <laughs> but truth be told, Dynamite Kid was a hell of a wrestler and very influential. Oh, yeah. As much as the people that want to, or as much as the uh, WWE, formerly the old WWF. Don't want to admit to it. He is very influential as a wrestler. Yeah, huge. So is Chris yeah. Benoit. If you're an asshole of a human being, <laughs> Chris Benoit basically did everything Dynamite Kid did. Yeah. 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 And they both had the same like mental degeneration that happened too. Yeah. Although I have mentioned there is a a YouTube channel out there called Purple Sky Eleven. Um, I've mentioned it before, who's done a deep dive onto the Benoit thing, and a lot of things do not add up about that case. There you know, was a you know lot who the of real killer hit. is? <laughs> it's Kevin Sullivan, man! Kevin Sullivan! <laughs> he wanted his ex-wife back, brah! <laughs> Jim, Jim Cornette probably thinks it was Vince Russo. He booked oh, he his own do. divorce, and he wanted <laughs> revenge! Yeah. He's in the Church of Satan, bro! He had her killed, and the little boy, too! And is that really is, uh, is that really a conspiracy a health pub called Froggy's Fitness in Florida? <laughs> is that really <laughs> a conspiracy theory though that Kevin Kevin Sullivan? Oh yeah, 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 hundred percent. It's the idiot theory. Mm. Geraldo Rivera was talking it up like a week after the Benoit murders. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course he was. <laughs> <laughs> this Speaking week, did this man <laughs> murder? An entire family to get his wife back, and they showed his uh, his occultic gimmick in Florida. Oh, like was, yeah, the he's face really a Satanist. If yeah. you watch it stuff, you'll laugh your ass off. Mm. 
Yeah. That's, that's always the best when the, the mainstream media gets into talking about wrestling and they, they always laugh about how fake it is, but then they they buy all the gimmicks. Like, 100% yeah. mark out for it. Like, it's yeah, real. Did, did, what, did, was Benoit angry that he lost the belt? Did he kill his family because of that? <laughs> no, he killed his family because he couldn't handle Eddie Guerrero passing away a couple of years earlier. <laughs> Give way, me a freaking break. The way wrestlers should handle the press always should be the way David Schultz handled John Slap Fossil. him in the goddamn hair. <laughs> think that was fake? <laughs> just, just hit him again. I feel fake. Bam. It's a tough business. These rednecks can't handle it. That punk behind the camera can't handle it. <laughs> I've got a question. Did steroids kill wrestlers? No. Not the actual taking of, but actually kill wrestling as an art form because they got too big. No. No? Uh, no? I mean, that was like the WWF style anyways, back in the day. Mm, yeah, you can argue also the Von Erichs. Who we were just speaking about before we started recording, but um, I don't know. Just wanted to put that out there. Honestly, I think it was better when everybody was on steroids. You reckon? Yeah, it was. They should no. bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I, when I watch wrestling now, I'm surprised how many like little scrawny guys there are out there, like like Hook or uh, yeah. Wheeler Yuda, Wheeler Yuta or um. Gosh, some of these people I see on AEW, they're like these little wiry kids. Jungle Boy Jack Perry, you know? Um, well, they, they all grew up watching Shawn Michaels is the thing. And so they all yeah. try to wrestle like Shawn Michaels. Mm. No, but what, what I was getting at was you would never see a guy with the body shape of Dusty Rhodes these days and get as big as him. Well, yeah, he, he got over because yeah. of his charisma on the mic. Exactly. Strictly that. Yeah. Although in the seventies he wasn't necessarily as awful, you know, awfully obese as he was in the eighties. He he was a big guy that could move around pretty good. Like he could jump off the turnbuckle and stuff. And then by the eighties, it looks like a beer bellied slob and booked himself as the contender for the championship since he was the booker. So <laughs> it was just it was the worst thing uh, possible. But um, you know the thing is wrestling in the, like the seventies and the eighties that I grew up on. You'd see guys like. Bruiser Brody or Bruno San Martino or Tony Atlas, these guys who looked tough, they were big, and they looked like they could clean out a biker bar by themselves. Bruiser and Brody, especially. Fucking up. Yeah. <laughs> Stan Hansen is another one. And it's like, and now you look at them, and, you know, these guys couldn't, they couldn't clean out an aerobics class. You know, they have trouble with just no, no. the janitor fighting them. You know, it just like, they don't convey that tough guy presence like they used to. You know, the Freebirds came out to the ring. They were funny, but they were scary. And um, the uh, and and I can attest that I was at a local indie car. They were trying to start up in Vicksburg, Mississippi, uh, that never got on television, as far as I know. But the crowd was the crowd was uh, marking out a little too much for Ricky Morton's selling of of being in pain in a match. <laughs> And was trying to save him. You know, the redneck tries to jump up there with a chair because Ricky Morton is mouthing the words, help me. While he's getting his arm arm twisted. He was just too good at that. Like, everybody, like, sympathized with him. So, um, a redneck tried to jump into the ring. And then they had the security had to talk the guy down because, you know, he'd fall. It's a work dummy. Uh, um, So, they sent out Terry Gordy. Not to wrestle. Just to walk around and scare people. 
and keep them in their seats. <laughs> Terry Cordy is just walking around, breathing heavy, and this is about this would be about 1990, I think, 1991. And he's just like heaving and breathing heavy and uh, just walking around the arena. <laughs> just everybody staying in their chairs, terrified of him. And then he goes back, but he was out for like 10 minutes just to scare the crowd into not uh, participating. So it was. <laughs> I wish I had it on tape. It was- have you guys seen the footage? Oh, you obviously would have seen the footage of. Um, help me out, Brett. Was it um, Bash at the Beach '96 when uh, Hulk joins the NWO? Oh yeah, that was Bash at the Beach, was it '96? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all the crowd starts throwing all this shit into the ring and one fucking fat guy just jumps the barrier and <laughs> starts trying to get into the ring and just end up getting his fucking head stomped by Kevin Nash. <laughs> like, that happened in WCW a lot. Yeah, I oh, did it really? Jump, okay. Jump the rail. There was yeah. one time Raven came out for a match and he was sitting in the corner. You know, and the guy pulled he his hair? <laughs> yeah, he, he'd, come, he'd come and he'd sit in the corner and some guy jumped the rail... And he grabbed him and he pulled him out of the ring by the jacket. And uh, I guess Raven didn't know it was a fan. He thought it was somebody like yeah. was sent down to, to attack him from behind. And then he like when he figured it out, he started stomping the guy. But like the guy grabbed him and pulled him out of the ring on his head almost. No. Yeah. But I mean, there was a bunch of those. Like you'd see the referee would start stomping the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know there was at least one where Macho Man got a, got a few good looks on somebody. How fucking dumb can you be to pick on the one guys who know how to kill you? I mean, it's ridiculous. Jimmy Cornette um, says that's what the business is missing, is people believing it. <laughs> yeah, he would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I love Cornette because he's like, he's like, he's like, I, I care about this business enough to make people hate me enough to physically assault me out in the parking lot. <laughs> He was a hell of a heel manager, that guy. He was damn good. I've been doing my workouts. I threw up. I feel better now. <laughs> <laughs> let's do a quick let's do a quick round table. Who's the greatest manager of all time, in your opinion? Hunter? Jimmy Hart. Brett? Um Probably Bobby Heenan. Mm-hmm. John? Uh, Jimmy Hart, but only when he was in Memphis feuding with Jerry Lawler. Okay. Yeah, I'm, mine's Jimmy Hart as well. But um, you're yeah. not wrong with the Bobby Heenan. I mean, he's <laughs> no. he was unreal. Bobby the Brain. As a kid, I never really liked Jimmy Hart. It was annoying. But I guess that was his job, right? Um, hang on a sec. Let me just get... megaphone. I just got to... I got to remove Brett from the conversation. <laughs> now nah, you're, you're right. I mean, he was annoying with that megaphone, but I love Jimmy Hart. But obviously, he, his connection with the Honky Tonk Man... for every guy that he managed. Yeah. But his connection with the Honky Tonk Man is obviously... <laughs> he's one of my favorites, but yeah. But anyway... Honky Tonk Man, the second... The second greatest intercontinental champion of all time, though. No, the first, because the other guy, no one's even fucking heard of, and no one cares. So, um, Gunther, Gunther's the the new yeah uh, who? record holder. Don't know, don't care. That's where they went wrong, because no one's gonna remember this guy in twenty five, fifty years. They're gonna know the honky tonk man because of the gimmick. What what gimmicks this guy got? Anything? He's he's the ring general. He's Austrian, and uh, they 
Yeah, whatever. They they mistakenly used some uh, Nazi adjacent uh, uh, symbolism with him, just by accident sometimes. The same but, uh, symbol that Fritz <laughs> proudly <laughs> wore. So it's like uh, they used the hammers from uh, Pink Floyd, The Wall, or something <laughs> like that. And it's yeah. like, oh, that's. Uh, <laughs> Seems uh, reasonable to use. But uh, right. Gunther is a great wrestler. I, I think he's going to be uh, main eventing within the next year. Like He might get uh, a world title within the next year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm over that company. There's I got no uh, interest at all. Really, after about so 2009... You're, so you're not, you're not going to the show in Perth next February? No. You hear that? They, they're going to Perth for the Elimination Chamber? I'm not flying nine hours to Perth. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's over the, that is way, way the fuck over the other side of the country where I am. So, no. Not for me. Not an easy place to get to. No, it's easy enough to get to. It's just a long-ass flight, and I'm not well, yeah. doing that. I mean, it's strange you're going to Perth because it's on the outskirts, whereas uh, you got Central, you got Melbourne or Sydney or Brisbane even. So why are they going to Perth? <laughs> Someone needs to get their logistics right in that company because they done fucked up on that one. So, speaking of WCW, we're here to talk about <laughs> The movie, that's the reason WCW is not here anymore. Ready to rumble. 2000, from the year 2000, directed by Brian Robbins, written by Stephen Brill, starring WCW world champion David Arquette. David the Magic Man Arquette. Starring Oliver Platt, and if who plays a pro wrestler. The last person you might expect to play a pro wrestler. It is a horrible <laughs> fucking choice. a horrible choice. <laughs> Not uh, just a pro wrestler, but staff. the most popular pro wrestler. pro wrestler. And you got Scotty Khan, you've got Goldberg, you've got DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, you've got Joey Pants playing a uh, heel promoter, you've got uh, Martin Landau playing Stu Hart. Mm, yeah, everyone picked up on that <laughs> Stu Hart reference, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you've also got, uh, you know, there's an, an evil cashier played by Ahmet Zappa. Frank Zappa's son, yeah, and he has yeah. a tag team match with uh, where his tag team partner is Macho Man Randy Savage. It's pretty cool. And uh, you've also got Bam Bam Bigelow running around in that. <laughs> and uh, and Rey Mysterio Jr. without the mask, which is a... Just, yeah, that's right. You don't do that. Yep. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, Rey Mysterio Jr., there is a reason he wears that mask. There's a reason. Yeah, that's right. Vince Russo, and, I didn't uh, understand why, bro. <laughs> I did listen, bro. My job is to bring in ratings, bro. I don't. That's all they Vince brought me in for. He's wearing and, the uh, mask. Who's gonna want to see that? Take it off. I think, him. I think that was a Bischoff thing because he took yeah. a bunch of masks. Took mm -hmm. Hooventudes, Psychosis, Rey Mysterio. It might have been. It might have been a Bischoff thing. Yeah. Um, either that or Kevin Nash, I forget when. Uh, yeah. But but a bunch of them lost their masks uh, long before Russo was there. So and you're you know, pretty much uh, saying you're saying that Eric Bischoff will never be a booker in um, in Mexico. Then 
He'd be like, take the asshole well, off him. Well, he might be. It's just he, he might book the wrong guys to lose those ma- those matches. <laughs> uh, but apparently, uh, I didn't realize Dweezil Zappa did uh, DDP's uh, theme song. Yeah, in the movie or in uh, WCW? In the movie. In this movie. In the movie. No, in WCW was that Nirvana they used a fake. They, they used a fake song in the movie. King of uh, Badad Dean. Because his, cause his real song was uh, a knockoff of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Mm. Mm. And uh, I assume the producers were uh, afraid to use that. Uh, much the same reason why it's not on the WWE Network to this <laughs> day. Yeah. <laughs> a little too close to the real thing. Which in Jimmy itself Hart is just wrote. ripping off Godzilla from Blue Usher Cult, so <laughs> the same riff. Because Jimmy oh. Hart did a bunch of the WCW songs, and they were all just ripoffs of just popular music. Yeah, that was. I I listened to a WCW um, album of their themes, and their themes are terrible. I mean, it's night and day difference between the WWF and the WCW ones. Just awful. One of the Who worst the was Jam ripoff theme entrance theme was it Jericho? Jericho, okay. Which now Jericho just uses his own music. Yeah, yeah. Fuzzy comes out, comes out at Wembley Stadium, singing Judas. No. <laughs> yeah, they they claim you know uh, Fozzy sold out Wembley Stadium. You know, yeah. they had like the, the second biggest crowd of any rock band in Wembley yeah. Stadium behind the Stones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was supporting Iron Maiden probably. <laughs> they, they played for all of a minute yeah. and a half. You know? Yeah, it was for it was for AEW's all in uh, pay-per-view at Wembley. Like Fozzie played Jericho's opening. So they're like, we played Wembley Stadium. Biggest crowd. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, Ready to Rumble, movie that killed WCW. But do you want, you want to name off some of these other wrestlers that appear oh, in here? The, Sid Vicious. You got Bam Bam Bigelow, Booker T. You got Sting. Kurt Hennig. Hennig. Disco Inferno. Yeah. Uh, you got um, and uh, the stunt double for uh, Oliver Platt was Chris Canyon. Yep. And uh, you also, know the biggest, the biggest star in the movie, Van Hammer. Yeah, Van Hammer. <laughs> Van <laughs> Hammer who had a ten-year career right despite being the worst wrestler in the history of wrestling. <laughs> well, there's a scene in the gym where they're talking to Goldberg, and if you look and see a big wrestler on the chess machine, it's actually John Cena. Yeah, yeah John Cena the, was. Yeah, was in the I missed that. But, Didn't even see yeah. that one. It was He's one of yeah, in the gym, but it is him. You know who was missing from this movie that WCW could have used was Buff Bagwell. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know where he was. He should have been in here. Hmm. Maybe he was hurt at the time. Could be. He was a known flake, so maybe they didn't want to use him in the film. Hmm. I think they used all the people who would show up for filming and show up on location and and could probably afford to to take a week or two away from the show or from the from the promotion which is crazy because most of the guys they featured were just like crackheads yeah <laughs> but apparently functioning crackheads well where was kevin nash where was scott hall were they gone by then 
Hulk no. Hogan? They were all gone. I, well, they were there. I, I don't know how they... Because uh, they were doing the New Blood versus the... Well, I suppose when this was filmed, it would have been in 99. Nash was the booker when this was filmed, so he probably didn't have time to be in this. Mm. Yeah. It was weird, too, because it, it didn't look like they filmed the, the movie like in the arenas like at actual shows. It no, looked like why? they rented like a warehouse and put some bleachers up. It was terrible. Now we're in Cheyenne, and now we're in New York, and now we're at MGM Grand, which is clearly not MGM Grand. Yeah. <laughs> like, why would you name an arena and then like they didn't? Sh- I don't think they showed any exteriors of it either. So like, it's clearly not the MGM Grand. Why would you just say Las Vegas or you know, or like in New York they went to New York Arena, which looked just like a nightclub or something from the I outside. Think if- if they called establishing shots. Thing, they would have filmed it at the shows. Yeah, it was just... When I was watching this, because I have not seen this since 2000, I thought, okay, 2000 would have been filmed in 99. They weren't using shitty little arenas like this. They were still a big thing. Yeah, Nitro was Monday yeah. nights. Yeah, so what's... All right, it had to be somewhere else. Obviously, they weren't using their ones. They couldn't use the one they have in Atlanta, Georgia. They couldn't have filmed it there. Well, it, it looked like they just uh, rented a warehouse and filled it with extras and then probably shot everything, you know, back to back to back as far as the wrestling sequences. Because mm. it, it looked like the same arena for all the in, in-ring stuff. I need to but raise it, something. I need to raise something right now before I forget about it. Sorry to cut in, but you had the Nitro girls in this, which I think for those of us who were watching Nitro at the time, they were hot. And yet the one, the most sought after one was Rose McGowan. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Nah. Yeah. I don't think so. Especially when you know what she looks like now. Crazy and... (laughs) Well, this is before... This was before her plastic surgery that was apparently a nose surgery that went awry. Oh, my God. Have you guys seen Sharon Osbourne lately? No. No. Oh, she has gone down that plastic surgery rabbit hole. She looks fucking terrible. But anyway, I'm not talking about the Osbournes. Just thought I'd raise Rose McGowan was basically the, the same character that Joan Severance played in No Holds Barred. Where the boss sends her to go out and have sex with the guy to throw him off the, uh, <laughs> the throw his game the off. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, this movie stars Arquette and Scotty Kahn as a couple of I guess you would call them dumb fans or like marks <laughs> who who uh, you know worship a, a wrestler named Jimmy King, played by Oliver Platt. They go to see him at a show, and he gets beaten. Apparently, he gets beaten very badly by Diamond Dallas Page, who plays himself, and uh, you know drops. He loses the title, and he's like fired from the company because everybody hates him because he's actually like a total piece of crap, even though he plays this babyface wrestler. And uh, so, Arquette and Khan's characters are so traumatized by this that they need to go like find him and bring him back you know they need to to resurrect him and uh but they find out that he's just kind of a drunken idiot and so you know they, they try to 
get him to like discover that he really is the the, the character he thought he was he was playing and get him back and take down Diamond Dallas Page and jo- Joey Pants as the evil uh, Eric Bischoff stand in you know? <laughs> uh, uh, to 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 save the day. And so probably the thing people really when they talk about this movie it's kind of what happened outside of the movie and in WCW that gets talked about a lot which is David Arquette they became the WCW World Heavyweight Champion oh yeah uh, and, it live. and it was apparently not well received no it was not <laughs> no it was especially like, in WCW well and like you know Arquette was trying to do like the the Andy Kaufman like hey kid just a guy from Hollywood type thing but you know when Kaufman did that he was in the hands of masterful bookers and promoters and here it was just kind of a stunt you know well he uh, he came in as a babyface when he won the title and then he turned heel at the pay-per-view mm-hmm. yeah um, it just, you know, and, and what was it? He recently, Arquette was like, I'm going to get back into wrestling to, <laughs> to yeah. prove myself. And then he nearly gets killed in the ring by Nick Gage. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Shane McMahon moment of uh, WrestleMania from a few months back. You just, you, your body's telling you, stop, don't do it. But, well, uh, he had a, he had a death match with this guy and, uh, they smashed a light tube over him, and then Nick Gage was going <laughs> to slice him up with the broken light tube. And, uh, Nick, Nick, he took out a pizza cutter and put it in his mouth. That, too. That happened earlier. David <laughs> uh, Arquette uh, hit the dark side of the ring. He goes, I'm, I'm not really feeling the trust. supposed <laughs> to feel. But he, he flinched when he was going to, to gouge him with the broken light tube, but he, he cut a vein or something. <laughs> yeah, and he's like... <laughs> and and uh, David Arquette just gets up and walks away. He just leaves. <laughs> he just leaves. <laughs> Nick Gates goes, oh, man, did I just kill David Arquette? Ah, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what was it? Luke Perry was there to, to save the day. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, his son is Jungle Boy Jack Perry. The other day I was watching compilations of Christian Cage, the wrestler, constantly going like, Jungle Boy Jack, <laughs> the reason you're so messed up is you, your father is dead. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, oh, no. He constantly cuts That's these so promos great. where he goes out and like, your father's dead. Cr- Christian Boy. Cage is the be- one of the best heels ever. <laughs> There's, there's a, there's, they, they hired this new kid who's 18 years old, and his dad was a like a jobber wrestler who died a few years ago, and he's, he, he and Darby Allen are like uh, friends or whatever, and uh, Darby Allen was gonna wrestle Christian Cage's partner at the pay per view, and Christian Cage comes out and he goes, Nick Wayne, this is the first time we're meeting. I understand you have a father <laughs> and that your father is dead. <laughs> Everybody just starts booing on me. Yeah, he's always like anytime somebody's father's dead, he has to 
And then he's like, I'm sorry, uh, I, I totally ignored your mother when she was in the crowd last week. What, what is her name? Uh, I'd like to slide into her DMs. He'll <laughs> <laughs> go like, call me. <laughs> yeah, Christian Cage is in a, a fantastic heel. Just <laughs> so good. He did that with Jungle Boy's mom, too. He's like, Pretty soon, I'm going to be your dad. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why AEW is good, because they got stuff like that. You don't see that in WWE. There there really is enough stuff like that in AEW that keeps me coming back, you know? (laughs) Stuff like that is just perfect. It's hilarious to me. People always say they want the Attitude Era back. And then AEW does all this shit that you would see in the 90s. They're like, oh, they crossed the line there. Oh. <laughs> oh, shit. I heard, uh, I heard Mick Foley talking about in Smoky Mountain Wrestling where they did the angle with Chris Candido and Tammy Fitch uh, with Chris doing dropping the elbow on the dude's cat. <laughs> Killing his cat. <laughs> Which was, of course, not real. But, you know, he goes, that was all the mind of Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette came up with that. And the guy talking to him goes, if they did that on AEW Dynamite, would Cornette like it? And he goes, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) It's trash TV. (laughs) Used to get real heat back in the day. (laughs) But, but you're absolutely right that people, people, they want this stuff. And there's some AEW gives you a lot of variety. Yeah. Um, But there's a little bit of that, that old school stuff that's really good, but that, you know, but people just, I guess, just want to trash AEW. I don't know, but. (laughs) What they they mean when they say they want the attitude era back is they want the charisma of Steve Austin and a young Mm -hmm. rock is that's what they really want. And Mick Foley wasn't as brain damaged on the taker. Yeah. Yeah. They want that type of, they want that, charisma of the performers at the time. That's really what got him over more than the Attitude Era, because if those guys weren't there, they would have been... They just would have looked like a cheap, R-rated, you know, answer to WCW. Yeah, I mean, it was all on the, the backs of those performers, because they were all just so good at what they did. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, like, there's some really good stars in uh, AEW, like MJF, Samoa Joe, um... You know, I, I like John Moxley a lot. I know some people don't, but uh, but I, I think he's got a. a there's some about him that a lot of charisma in the ring. Um, but they've got some good people there. Uh, you know, they have some. I don't care, but I don't care for a lot of them. Like I don't like a lot of. I don't like uh, what's his name, Orange Cassidy. You know, he's always his hands in his pockets. Cassidy. You do. He's <laughs> fucking great. You lack pockets. <laughs> I, I I think with Orange Cassidy, like if if you got the like the progression of where he started to where he is now, um, okay. you might appreciate him a lot, appre- a little okay. bit more. All right, because because like when he came in, like he he did that shit like where he he wasn't trying, and then they're like, okay, he's gonna wrestle Pack, and uh, they did an interview with him, and they like, what's your plan to wrestle uh, in your match with Pack? And he goes. I'm going to try. 
And then he had this banger of a match with Pac. And, <laughs> you know, ever since then, it's just like he rises to the occasion every time he wrestles. Oh, interesting. Okay. I just, yeah, I'll just have to pay more attention. But uh, apparently he based his character off of Paul Rudd's character in Wet Hot American Summer. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> While we're at it, Wait, okay. while we're so, at it, uh, um, oh. R.I.P. Terry Funk. Yeah, yeah. St- star sad of, to hear uh, about that. Star of Paradise Alley, which we covered on this show. Oh please, really? The man, the man, <laughs> damn near killed himself over and over. You talking about his Paradise Alley? That's all he's known for. No, the best thing he's known for is calling Jerry Lawler a pig. <laughs> pig. <laughs> Yeah, no. Actually, the best thing he's known for is beating up Mel Phillips. <laughs> fucking idiot deserved it, and then some. And uh, the exploding barbed wire ring match again. <laughs> yeah, against Onita. King of the death match with uh, Cactus Jack. Yes. <laughs> what are you guys' thoughts on ECW and that style? I don't really care for it much. I, um, I didn't get to see it till it was on TNN, but I loved it once I got to see it. I I I, I kind of I I I have to admit I find it kind of it's it's intense and kind of trans it sort of hypnotizes me a little bit. Um, but you know I it's not the my go to, you know. I I loved it in the early days when it was Eastern Championship Wrestling and became extreme championship wrestling and they used a lot of i don't know if paulie had connections at the record companies but they would use a lot of uh real music like from tommy boy records and they'd use actual heavy metal records which was rare at the time in rest on wrestling shows and well, the ecw uh, the cds stuff. were fire uh, yeah he, he and, just uh, he just stole the music and nobody okay. called like, well, like they'd have a jackal song was their theme, but not the lumber the dumb lumberjack song, but another tune that was that was pretty good, and it was like the perfect theme music for them. Well, Junkyard and, Dog uh, had um, Queens, another one by the Dust for years. Yeah, that was in Mid South Wrestling. You yeah, that, and the crowds used to go nuts. And uh, but like the early ECW was great, and I enjoyed it up until they were purchased by WWE. And then uh, if I try to go back and watch it, I can't get into it at all. I will say this. I'm not much of a fan of ECW, but in terms of wrestlers who give shoot interviews, Sabu does the best ones. <laughs> These ones are, the, are absolutely, he just doesn't hold back on anybody. He just tells it like it is. But yeah. So ready to rumble. Did you see this when it came out, Wolfie? I, I don't think I I'm I'm pretty sure I didn't see it in the theater. I don't know why because I it seems like something I would have gone to, to see. Um, I, was, I was trying to remember the, when I first saw it because I'm sure I've seen it at least two or three times before uh, watching it this past weekend. Um, but I don't know if I saw it until maybe a couple years after it came out. So are you in agreement with the Young Bucks that this is the greatest movie about wrestling ever made? <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> Are you a fan of the young bu- of the Buckaroos? 
I do like the Young Bucks. I do, <laughs> I, I do enjoy watching them wrestle. I liked them when they were heels a few years ago when they just went like 100% into the douchebag territory. Nick mm-hmm. got a septum uh, ring, you know, got the yeah. middle of his nose pierced. And then he had a chain from that ring to his earring. It was like, that's commitment to your heel persona. That, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, John, I, I like the Young Bucks. But Ready to Rumble, is it's a weird movie because it's it feels insulting to wrestling fans and it, it exposes the business at the beginning, but then like it turns into a shoot afterward, but like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense that it would be a shoot. (laughs) Yep. Like, like in the, in the first, like the, the first title match with DDP and Jimmy King, like they're calling spots in the ring Mm -hmm. and, uh, like beforehand, Joey Pants told DDP that Jimmy King was going over in front of Goldberg, and then he pulls him aside. He says, forget all that. You're winning the belt. But, like, he didn't tell Jimmy King that, and there's no reason for him to not, like, wh- there's there's no setup for why Jimmy King would need to be uh, the victim of a screw job. <laughs> uh, but like, he's like Bret Hart. He-, he wouldn't drop it to Shawn Michaels because mm. he's a degenerate. Yeah, I was like, did he have a Hulk Hogan deal? Like, <laughs> You know, like they don't establish any of that. But then, like, DDP starts shooting him on him in the match and throwing real punches. And then he, Jimmy starts fighting back. But then they start doing pro wrestling moves again that require cooperation. <laughs> and then they do a run in with, like, 10 guys. And, and you see, like, it, Bam Bam Bigelow, like, fly through the air. <laughs> the Four Corner Massacre! <laughs> So it's it's kind of confusing. Like they they need a pick a lane. Is is wrestling in this world real or is it fake? And they they kind of Dep- muddy the it waters there. It depends on what the script needs to achieve in that moment. Is the answer? <laughs> this is true. Which is uh, unusual for director Brian Robbins because you know he directed Norbit, which is a great movie. That's true. Yes, that your that your citizen <laughs> Kane. <laughs> He also directed one of the greatest movies of the 90s, Good Burger. (laughs) (laughs) He got this film because of Good Burger, I believe. Yeah. Well, I I think Varsity Blues was the one he did before this. Yes. Was that before this? I thought it was after. Uh, Yeah, you might be right. And now that I think about it, yep, right before it. Yep. Shit. Which I never saw. Some guy's selling Kiss Meets a Fan in the Park. VHS tape on Marketplace. Very mm. cool. Which I own one of those. Yes. Yes. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> shock of all shocks. I know. Nobody could have possibly seen that coming. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, speaking of screw jobs, okay. What do you guys think of the Montreal screw job? Was Bret Hart screwed or did he deserve it? Man, he was screwed. There was no need for that. Didn't they, yeah. uh, didn't, they, didn't they say it was actually all the work and it was a Jimmy Cornette's idea? No, it was his idea for the screw job. It was not a work. Depends okay. on who you ask. Scott Hall's uh, yeah. like, hey, Scott Hall's over there. Hey, it's a wick. See? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Scott Hall didn't even work there. 
Yeah, I know. He just goes, he goes, I'm looking at this. He's saying WCW. You cut away if you don't want to see some that. I don't even sound like Scott Hall. I don't know why I'm doing I that. I got some inside click information. It was at work. There, there's a long time where uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels denied knowing that it was going to happen beforehand, but they've since uh, admitted that they did, uh, mm. that they were in on it. And let's not start the whole conspiracy about was Owen Hart killed because of Brett. I mean, <laughs> that's another one you don't want to go down. Well, you know, uh, Di- yes. Diamond Dallas Page yes. ends up like this is a bad writer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, what was it Rowdy Roddy Piper told everybody that Vince Russo killed Owen Hart at <laughs> 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 that TNA match? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you, you know, uh, speaking of Owen Hart, so when they did the match, the triple cage match for real at the pay-per-view after the movie came out, they did it at the Kemper Arena in Kansas City one year after Owen Hart died in that arena. And the pay-per-view ends with Canyon getting thrown off the top of the cage onto the <laughs> ramp and acting like he's dead. Oh, wow. That's, uh... Was it? And DDP's character takes, like, a long, big Owen Hart-esque fall at the end. Um, when, when he falls, like, he's going head first, too, and then somehow he lands on his back. I don't know yeah. how that works. I, I thought that was more a reference to Mick Foley with the... Well, um, it definitely felt like Mick Foley in the Hell in the Cell, but just yeah. the, the length of the fall was brutal, you know. Yeah. But it was funny. After Canyon got thrown off the cage, they did like a month where he was wearing a cervical halo on TV. <laughs> that guy was, was batshit really nuts in real up. life. He can't take anything he says seriously. I think he came back before they sold the company, so obviously he was not that injured. <laughs> no. <laughs> the company didn't last another nine months. It's because this movie killed it. <laughs> Vince Russo killed it. And there's a conspiracy yeah. as well. Was Vince Russo sent down there by the other Vince at WWF <laughs> to kill off the WCW? It's just, it's just this... <laughs> butterfly effect of fucking conspiracy theories everywhere. Oh, well, this happened, so well, this must have happened. It's just, bro, just a happy accident. Yeah, Bro, when I went over to WCW, the ratings went up at first. <laughs> yeah, like that, the first week, and then they went yeah. back down. People that first quarter hour was, was huge. <laughs> bro, I threw them all off course. <laughs> it went ratings went up, then they went down quietly, and then they fell and tanked. <laughs> and I rang Vince and I said, "Job done, boss." <laughs> and then he got a voicemail from Jim Cornette. He gets him every he gets him every day anyway. I reckon doesn't he have a restraining order against Jim Cornette? Yes, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah he does. Yeah, it's yeah. Legit. He threatened to kill him and his whole family. <laughs> you your dis- fucking family. You killed this business, you son of a bitch, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you Trump loving cocksucker, I'm gonna fucking kill you all. You fucking mega asshole! <laughs> Kill the business I love! I grew up in it! I understand wrestling! You don't fucking understand it! Chicken shit, Yankee motherfucker! 
Vince Russo and I could not be more different if I, we could only be more different if I was a black lesbian nun. <laughs> Fuck you and said. your boyfriend, Razor Fist. Fuck you. <laughs> and the fact that Jim Cornette goes on TV on the, on the dark side of the ring and says, I will piss on Vince Russo's grave. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because I mm. ran into Vince Russo a couple of weeks ago in Second of Charles. He was just nice as hell. Yeah. <laughs> he probably is a decent guy. He just said Jim Cornette's fucking batshit nuts. No, that's a, that's a business of crazy people. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Cornette's just, he just loves wrestling, you know? And when you do. Yeah. Jim, Jim Cornette's worse than the people that beg for the Attitude Era to come back because he's like, we need to bring it back to the 70s. No. So you can't put the genie it. back in the bottle. No. <laughs> Actually, Wait, I've got to ask a question. Do you know what would make a good film, a good wrestling film? Is the, the mass transit story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It'd be a fascinating one, if done right. It was brutal. It was brutal. Did they do a dark side of the ring on that? Or they, they mentioned it during the New Jack the New Jack episode, yeah. But there is um, some like 20, 30 minute documentaries strictly about the mass transit incident on YouTube. So um, the uh, information's out there. But have you seen that match? Yeah, I have. God, it's brutal. Yeah, I know. It was just that a gusher. That poor fat kid. <laughs> the <laughs> fuck he was thinking? Yeah, New Jack, cut me with a sickle. I'm scared Ugh. to do it myself. He's dead now as well, that kid. Okay. Yeah. Him and New Jack are both dead. Though, um, That's true. Press yeah. F, I guess. There's been a lot of wrestlers dying this year. Mm. Who else has passed away? Yeah, like, is it half the cast of this movie dead? Like Canyon? Yeah, I think so. Canyon's dead. Yeah. Um, Randy Savage. Kurt Henning. Yeah. Kurt Henning. Yeah, it was this Bam Bam Bigelow's dead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not one for longevity, this business. No. No. The and funny thing is when I, I constantly hear about the conspiracy to take WCW down or why it was canceled, the only reason it was it was sold to WWF for nothing was because the Board of directors who uh, the new CEOs of Time Warner didn't like wrestling and didn't yeah. want it on TNT. And Eric Bischoff had joined in with an investment group. They were going to buy WCW off of Time Warner, but it was under the agreement that it would still be on TNT. And they said, no, we're not putting wrestling on the Turner networks anymore. And they kicked Ted Turner out of the office like he wasn't even allowed in the board of directors anymore and uh they said no we're, we're losing wrestling vince is offering us something like a million dollars for our tape <laughs> library we're just selling it to him and all the trademarks and we'll pay out all the wrestlers under contract and that, yeah. that's what happened it was just simply right all you all you need are new executives who don't like the product and that's all it takes to end a wrestling company that was doing very well i mean the ratings were still really good even in the vince russo era uh era or even uh, when you know when it was dying, it was in decline, but it was still better ratings than anything else I could put on at the time. It was bad. <laughs> let's not yeah. Let's not polish this term. No, it no, was I'm bad. saying they lost. I remember watching the ratings drop and decline, but they still had a steady like 
hardcore million and a half viewers who, by the way, when WWE bought them, they did not switch over to WWF. They never liked McMahon's no. wrestling. They never liked that style. And the, the WCW fans were a different fandom. They had grown up on Georgia and Mid-Atlantic and probably World Class and Mid-South. And they liked that style of wrestling, which is very different from the New York wrestling of Vince McMahon. Right. WCW also had the cruiserweights, luchadors, and yep. brought in inter- international guys from Japan. Vince didn't know how to use anybody from outside the, you know, <laughs> Western countries, I guess. Um, like he, he tried to do some of the, the cruiserweight stuff in the 90s, but like the guys he brought in were just terrible and he didn't know how to use them. Uh, he never knew how to use Japanese guys or Mexican guys. So. Uh, yeah, you know that was that was a, a niche that WCW had cornered, and uh, that disappeared when uh, WCW did. Same with the ECW. Out of all the out of all the WCW too. wrestlers that went over to the WWF, um, after they were bought out, who managed to survive and have a career besides Booker T? He's the only one I can uh, think Chris of. Jericho. Yeah, well, Jericho, Jericho went there. Left no, but Jericho left and went there before. I'm talking mm-hmm. about when the ones came um, over. Gosh, Booker T and um, hmm, yeah, I can't, I can't recall anybody who had a successful uh, transfer over to the WWE. There is a theory going around that Vince got rid of everyone surely out of spite. Um, speaking of Buff Bagwell. He had that one match in WWE with Booker T, yeah. and they said, "Nah, you're terrible. You got to go." And they sacked him the yeah. next day or something. So that was all set. I mean, I've seen the match. It's not the worst thing I've seen. It's it's one of those mid ones. You watch it, you go, eh, "It was all right," but to sack a guy for it, it was ridiculous. I mean, well, he, he claims, um, yeah, he claims that he was set up for failure because they they ran it in like Seattle and they were going to be in Atlanta the next week. Yeah. That, that was and, stupid. Uh, they should have gone straight to they, Atlanta and done they it. They told him he couldn't talk directly to the camera, which was his whole gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> was, was cutting promos on the way to the ring into the camera. And they said, don't do that. He was hamstrung from the start. He didn't know what to do. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, I was just thinking about the ones who have managed to, forge ahead and have a career there was there was none i think there was more from ecw that managed to have a career out of there than wcw yeah <clears throat> anyway we're going off on a tangent we shall get back onto the film i think what there is to talk about it <laughs> i'm back by the way john did you see uh did you see this when it came out? I can't remember. Did we talk about that? I saw it in the theater. Um, not because I really wanted to, but I was hanging out with a, uh, a group of friends in Boston that uh, they would shut down the video store they were running at the time. And they like, let's go to the movies. That was their whole thing. And they'd go to the, you know, to the 10 o'clock show or 1030 show and a suburban theater outside of Boston, which was pretty nice. Like you, you didn't get to go to nice theaters too often if you lived in Boston. So I, we went and they were the type that like they just like their popcorn and soda, so they just pick out the best looking thing on the marquee. And it was this film that night, so I don't know what the what the competition was uh, that week. But we saw it and I thought it was okay, but I also thought it was kind of insulting and silly. 
Like it treats wrestling fans as if they're idiots. Um, <laughs> it pretends that they're they had all her plaid. It was no physique or no athletic ability whatsoever. As a like a Jerry the King Lawler type. Yeah. But it's almost like yeah. he's playing a Jerry Lawler that if someone described Jerry Lawler to you, but you never saw him, you would think he was like this. Mm. <laughs> you know, it was like it's a good way to put it. The actual Jerry Lawler is charismatic and has some ring presence he did in the 80s at least when he was a top star and um i don't think anybody in the wcw at this time was wearing costumes like this or using a name like the king you know they wouldn't have they wouldn't have been so goofy and um and and in fact i would say it was actually written by somebody who was not a fan of wrestling i think it was somebody who just watched some tapes and got an idea and i looked up the screenwriter and he was just some yankee from boston the type that um you know jim Cornette would rip into and it was obviously he yeah, I wasn't familiar with the product, you know, figure yeah. the fans were idiots. And there was a, I had the same problem with it that Wolfie has is simply like you can't decide if wrestling is a shoot or a work. And it seems to change throughout the film. And apparently DDP, I was reading up on this on IMDb and DDP had suggested an ending where they bring the boys into a back room and DDP is basically shaking hands with uh you know, uh, Jimmy and, and says, Hey, nice doing business. Hey, welcome to the business boys or something like that. Like it's all a work, but they didn't go for that ending. And that's kind of what it needed. Mm, yeah. But, I agree. Um, the humor is also pretty, pretty lowbrow, even for wrestling fans. It's pretty stupid. And also why is Jimmy the King living poor? Why is his ex-wife in a white trash house or something? It's like wrestlers make a lot of money. That's right. They live in nice homes in Atlanta, especially the world champion. You know, you yeah. get the, you're the top guy. And he's been the top guy for a long time. They're not living um, in trailers. It's like, wouldn't he be, wouldn't it have been funny if he just lived in like a beach house and it was a total opposite of what the they as the fans assumed, like it was this white trash house or whatever? Yeah. Well, I, I think the writer, too, was probably only familiar with the WWF because part of the yeah. the story is... Uh, Titus Sinclair invented the the King character 14 years ago, and mm-hmm. he's been working in WCW as the King. And now that he's uh, not WCW, he can't be the King anymore. Like, well, WCW never really worked that way, especially not in the yeah. mid 80s, because it didn't even exist in the mid 80s. Right. Uh, so that didn't make any sense either. Yeah, and it, it was clearly the guy was just a WWF. Maybe he'd seen some WWF and just assumed this is the way it was, or he yeah. didn't do any research. I know that. And wait, 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 wait. Landau, Hold on. The Stu Hart character was probably the best thing about it, really. John, I've got a theory. Mm. Maybe the yeah. screenwriter was sent by Vince McMahon to write a shit movie yes. for WCW. <laughs> Titan Sports sent him That's down right. to, to make with, sure they wrote the, a crappy movie. <laughs> what they needed was a coked up Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan to rewrite it in the hotel. <laughs> So the night before yeah. the film, the, the production. <laughs> yes. painting. Uh, the um, I I thought once some of the uh, there are some positive aspects to it. I like the Martin Landau stuff with him teaching the real carny shooting, you know, catch wrestling. Mm. Uh, I thought Rose McGowan actually looked attractive in this. She uh, did. I agree. To what looked like afterwards. Compared, compared, uh, hang on. Compared to the Nitro Girls, no, but no, as no. just Rose, yeah, she was fine. Yeah. Like it reminded me, she actually was very cute in the '90s, you mm. know, before she got that stupid surgery, and um, and 
yeah, the other things, it's like I kind of like the the late 90s vibe of it. Like I like hearing the lit song throughout the film for whatever reason, but <laughs> there's not Never much to recommend it because it's like David Arquette was playing a character who's basically just super low IQ, him and Scott Kahn, and it's I, I guess we're supposed to see him as like a Bill and Ted type of duo or something, but they're just yeah. they're almost like inconceivably stupid that, I don't know, it just doesn't make much sense. They it's like, but I out four to John's. Job. Yeah, it's like, it, you got the piss and shit humor. Who needs it? Um, it says they're in Wyoming when it's clearly not Wyoming. It just, I don't know. It's just, the, well, there's a lot of problems with it. And, I mean, it's this is my second time watching it. And it's kind of jaw-droppingly bad how a lot of things just make no sense. Like them assembling a team and having auditions. Why? None of it made any like, what, you could have a war in the ring or something, like a real fight? It, none of it makes any sense. It why just can't WCW, decide what it wanted to be something. Why would know. WCW run a show in Cheyenne, Wyoming? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's the first and uh, uh, the many of questions that you have when watching this. Like, why would they run Cheyenne and have a big yeah, title match there? If you if they ran a house show in a small building as they depicted, I could see it because uh, I went to a Ted Nugent show in Cheyenne and they, he drew a pretty big crowd. But it's of course a crowd from all over, like Wyoming, Utah, and Colorado from that that kind of area. Um, but yeah, most of your wrestling shows would be at the Budweiser Event Center up in Loveland, Colorado. They wouldn't be in Cheyenne, Wyoming, unless. Right. Uh, one of these promotions run shows there. I don't know. Anything else, people? Oh, boy. It's, it's one of those things. <laughs> I don't know. It came out the same time as Beyond the Mat, if I recall correctly. Yeah, couple it came years. out at the same time. I think Beyond the Mat was the year before, maybe. A couple um, of years before. I, no, it wasn't a couple of years. It was, it was, it was like 99. Oh, 99. Yeah. What am I thinking I saw yeah. in 98 in theaters? Wrestling with Shadows? Was that 98? You probably saw that. Right. Probably. Yeah. Beyond the math, the one you want to watch. Not this. This is just a Hollywood fabrication. He's gonna puke. He's <laughs> gonna puke. Yeah. When When did... Uh, uh, what now? Was it Fox or UPN? They did the um, Wrestling's Greatest Secrets Revealed. Do you remember when that <laughs> was on? I remember that. <laughs> Because Fox didn't have any sort of deal with any wrestling companies, so they had to do something like that out of spite. It was uh, oh, it was ninety eight. That that show was hilarious because the the secrets are they revealed were stuff that they did in the fifties, <laughs> but not but not in the nineties. <laughs> like, like oh yeah, they 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 use real chairs, but they fake the chair shots. It's like, dude, have you seen a balls Mahoney match recently? Cause he ain't faking that shit. <laughs> the rock made mankind's kids cry. It looks like Close. he's, uh, <laughs> it looks like he's slamming them hard to the mat, but look as he, uh, he cuffs his head. So his neck doesn't get injured. <laughs> no shit. The um, the funny thing is, like on YouTube, recently uh, some fans dug up. I guess it was called like a last res- I forget what they call it, like a last resort tape, which was a outlaw promotion in Florida started by the Great Malenko. Uh, 
if uh, Eddie Graham's championship wrestling of Florida managed to get them shut down, they were going to show this tape on the TV station, which had Boris Malenko and Ron Garvin and some other wrestlers revealing all their inside tricks, that it's all fake, it's all at work. Like, <laughs> and I guess yeah. this is done in like 1980 or something like that, or 1979, and it was supposed to be like a you know, break glass in case of emergency. If they shut us down, we'll show this on TV and, you know, Florida wrestling will never sell out another event again. But uh, it's on YouTube if you want to look it up. It's pretty funny. I've seen that. The, the guy shows himself. Uh, he shows how they cut themselves with a razor and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Stossel did that in notorious 2020 episode. And uh, I think it was 85 where uh, he they showed the, the razor on the forehead. And that's where uh, what's his name, Doctor D, knocked uh, knocked his eardrums. Yeah. I don't know it's if you've seen recently. Uh, recently on Twitter, they've been passing around the video of CM Punk blading at the uh, Wembley show. He bladed. I didn't know anybody bladed anymore. Oh, AEW has blood every week. John Moxley blades every match. Yeah, John oh, Moxley like they, Dusty Rhodes. Was it the, they crammed all those skewers in his head at LA? Yeah, he looked like <laughs> a he looked like a flower in bloom. <laughs> Moxley's fucking nuts. Like he he's he, he he went to AEW basically so he could do all these deathmatch uh, things. But like even in regular matches, like he he doesn't get going till he's uh, got a, a face full of blood. Yeah, he 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 likes the the deathmatch stuff. He did a exploding ring match with Kenny Omega, which had like the bl- exploding barbed wire match, but it totally the when the when the, the time when bomb ex- uh, exploding yeah, ring, yeah. Yes, and the explosion sucked. <laughs> it was so like weak. And he interviewed Tony Khan and they're like, Tony, what of the exploding ring match? And he goes, I'm just glad Kenny Omega was so incompetent he made a lousy bomb. <laughs> <laughs> it's like nice going tony <laughs> it was funny because at the time cody rhodes's pyro was more impressive than the exploding ring <laughs> but but yeah yeah no you'll see a lot more blood in aew than you will in wwe well the funny thing is about the blading i went to a mid-south card when i was a kid and you could see we sat ringside, and you could see when the wrestler was just going off to the side. Literally, you could see Dick Slater pull the razor out of his his tape wrist and and uh, slice his forehead. You know, yeah. start rubbing on it. It was pathetically obvious. It was so stupid. Well, what and, you're supposed uh, to do, you have to do it like New Jack did to mass transit. Yeah, <laughs> do it for real. Just just carve that. Send him to the emergency room, and then. And then go, I hope this guy dies. I hate white people. (laughs) AEW has a problem, too, with not cutting away from the guy when he's blading. Uh, (laughs) Which is not how it's supposed to be. But it's it's usually obvious when somebody's gonna cut because they'll they'll cut away and then like he'll put his head under the ring apron or you know the ring skirt. And then he'll come out and he'll be bleeding and like, oh, it must have been the ring post that busted him open. <laughs> but in these Moxley matches, like, it doesn't even make sense why he's bleeding from the head. Sometimes it just starts bleeding. 
What was it? And they brought in Nick Gage to do a death match with Chris Jericho. Yeah. And like Chris Jericho is getting hit with light tubes and stuff. And you can tell Jim Ross is just disgusted. <laughs> the, the funniest thing about oh that match God. is Nick Gage pulled out the pizza cutter. You know, we talked about that earlier. He did that to yeah. David Arquette. He pulled out the pizza cutter, and then as he pulled it out, they did the picture-in-picture uh, picture, uh, commercial, and it was a Domino's pizza commercial. <laughs> as, he's, as he's slicing Chris Jericho's mouth with the pizza cutter. <laughs> and I, heard Do- I heard they were upset about that. Yeah, I don't know if they advertise with them anymore. <laughs> but yeah, they were not happy. And Chris Jericho was like, I don't know why they didn't like that. That was a great tie-in. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> and I remember Cornette was like, I don't know what kind of midlife crisis Chris is going through. <laughs> he hates him. Cornette hates Chris Jericho. That's why. <laughs> well, and he also hates, like, garbage wrestling. It's like... The, the well, what, did, what did Jericho do to to make Cornette hate him? I thought they were boys. No, no. <laughs> uh, Jericho uh, voices his Republican conservative stance too much for Cornette's oh, liking. Oh, that's why. Yes. Okay. Oh, because his wife was at January 6th? I don't know about that, but uh, he just does not like Jericho. He did a whole episode about why Jericho sucks or he's an idiot or something like that. Um. <laughs> I remember he was going after him for like he always has like a, an issue with like a hotel. Oh, okay. But uh, Cornette's the one that broke Jericho into the states. So yeah, he he did his first match weird. at Smoky Mountain. Oh, yeah, I'm sure why. Jim Cornette loves Lance Storm though. I <laughs> know <laughs> oh, one. He hates Kenny Omega. He absolutely hates Kenny oh, yeah, Omega. He, yeah, I love his little name for him. Oh, yeah, what's that? Twinkle Toes McFinger Bang. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, he, he hates Kenny Omega because he wrestled a nine-year-old girl like 15 years ago <laughs> in Japan. <laughs> so it's like, he's always got this, he's got this face, it just bothers me. <laughs> Said the guy who runs around with a Cornette tennis racket. Hating, Cornette yeah. hating Jericho for his politics is so stupid because Cornette was mentored by Cowboy Bill Watts, who was like the most right-wing wrestling yeah. promoter of all time. Yeah, Cornette goes, you know, I had it broke my heart. I had to block Davy Boy Smith's Harry Smith's son because he's a Republican. It's like, damn, I didn't want to do that, but I had to. It's like, oh, fucking who cares? You know, he's just... <laughs> You want to live in a left-wing bubble? It's up to you, but it's a stupid reason to do it. He's like a high school dropout. I'm not surprised. Of course, Jim Cornette also put uh, New Jack on TV saying, uh, shout out to my boy OJ. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that killed his territory, too. That killed Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And and re recreating the Rodney King beating with the gangsters beating up. (laughs) Jesus. Then they beat up Ricky Morton. And it was yeah. Like yeah. Then they had affirmative action where they only needed a two count to win. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, it's like he he friggin' booked his uh, his own promotion into oblivion. 
and it was obvious that he was screwing up and you know but nobody could tell him otherwise and and then he gets mad at everybody else for exposing the business and screwing up it's like <laughs> i enjoyed smoky mountain wrestling but you watch that stuff it's just as goofy it's goofier than the goofiest memphis stuff well yeah. that's that you know that's why i thought it was a great point that conrad said to mick foley like this angle if the smoky mountain angle if it was done in AEW Dynamite, would Cornette like it? And he goes, no, probably not. Because <laughs> no. so he likes yeah. to pretend he never did that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. He likes to pretend it was like uh, uh, the St. Louis wrestling, where it was all done and people would wear tuxedos to the cards and stuff. It's just like, he's so full of shit. Like, I mean, Memphis wrestling, which is what Cornette grew up on, uh, literally in 1978 had Jerry Lawler wrestling Darth Vader in the ring. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so Cornette can eat a dick. He doesn't even. He's he's a complete hypocrite. I think they brought in Lord. It's H- like Memphis Lord was always Humongous goofy, too. and you know. You'll see on the next episode of Dark Side of the Ring, Jim Cornette. I will piss on John Grace's grave if it's the last <laughs> thing I do. Uh, any any episode that has him and Vince Russo is going to be gold. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a must watch. Wasn't Cornette in a scandal like a couple of years ago? Like he was having the the students at a wrestling school he was running, like fucking his wife. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they're into the kink, him and his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's an odd character. So he's literally a liberal cock. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. That's true. There was a story too that when Brock Lesnar was in OVW, they were doing a spa. With, uh, Cornette's wife where he was going to girl press her and uh, he's like oh, Brock my wife she just got her clit pierced so uh, it's a little tender down there so be careful with it <laughs> and then, then he claimed like Brock just like grabbed a handful <laughs> doing the doing the military press slam on her yeah. and then he got all pissed at him after the what did you I told you it was tender don't touch down there <laughs> jeez what are you going to do about it? It's fucking Brock Lesnar. He'll wrestle you on the plane. <laughs> and then go shoot some deal. Throw you out the emergency exit. <laughs> All right, we're going to rate this thing. We seem to have not have much of a say about it. It's... We're, we're, now, we're now talking about Jim Cornette's sex life. So yeah, no. It's time to end. <laughs> More than I wanted Time to, to know. stick a fork in it. Um, all right, Wolfie, guess go first. What would you would you give it? Uh, what's it? Uh, scale of ten. Yeah, scale of ten. Uh, five out of ten. Five out of ten. Uh, John, what about you? Uh, three. Three, Stu. I'll give it a five as well. I think it's um, it's got that early two thousands charm to it. Yeah, you know, even those stupid early two thousands films that were out there. I mean, it's not as bad as Malibu's Most Wanted. That's fucking unwatchable. <laughs> it's a terrible movie. It's, it makes you want to stick a fork in your fucking ears. It's so bad. But um, I think I think if I was watching it at the time, I would have given it a four. But I think, like you said, that early two thousands charm can. Uh, that that carries it to a five for me. Yeah, it can cloud your uh, your rating just that little bit. Ab- absolutely, more. absolutely. You know, if this was a brand new movie, I probably would not be as kind. 
but I do like seeing a bunch of wrestlers running around in there. Um, Boy, they gave DDP a shitload of time in this thing. I mean, I like yeah, him. Don't uh, don't get me wrong, but there that, was so many so many th- other wrestlers they could have used and sort of spread out throughout the the film without having everything about DDP. Again, nothing against him. The guy's it was a great wrestler and also a really good human being as well for what he does for people. But uh, he just seems sort of uh, just you know wasted opportunity. It was Vampiro. He was easy to work. Fuck. He was easy to work with, and he was like the John Cena of his day, as in whatever they asked him to do, he'd do it. You know. Yeah. So he, he was the original People's Champ. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was the People's Champ before The Rock was the People's Champ. Yeah, he was. That's true. This and is actually, true. that that event that uh, that scene where he turned on the NWO when they offered him a membership and the uh, diamond cut. Uh, the entire WO that was in the ring and he ran through the crowd. He got over big that night because yeah, I didn't even notice was, the guy. Before was he ever a heel in WCW? Yeah. Early on. Early. He, he okay. started yeah. as a heel. Right. He started in AWA for what I, I remember seeing him there. He was a heel manager. He didn't even wrestle. Yeah. He didn't get over till like he was thirty-seven or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. He'd been around. Yeah, he, in and yeah, out. he didn't like, start wrestling until he was thirty-five. Yeah, like uh-huh. he and he and Bam Bam knew each other. Like they, I guess, like DDP was like a ran a bar. Or he was a bouncer or something. Um, yeah, he he ran a club in New Jersey or something. That's right. Or I think he might have had one in Florida too. He knew all the wrestlers through his yeah. uh, clubs. Um, but yeah, he he was a. Uh, I, I guess he had an injury that prevented him from wrestling earlier, and then he got into managing. Um. They used his pink Cadillac at WrestleMania six, uh, which he he said that they could use it as long as he got to drive it out. I'm sure, Stu remembers that it's his favorite uh, WrestleMania moment. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Jungle Boy uh, did a he he did a, a a bump on the windshield, real glass, cry me a river, a river, and then got just killed by cm punk backstage <laughs> you really do but, mock out for cm punk i tell you we're gonna let people know about that <laughs> no that at the, at the that was a at the pay-per-view all it like uh what's his name um jungle boy drives up in this car and then he he gets thrown he goes real glass cry me a river <laughs> and he gets bumped <laughs> into the glass and it shatters and apparently that was a dig at punk and that's what prompted the the brawl backstage. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't know that backstory. I was like, "What?" Because I, I saw people on Twitter like, "Oh, Punk's gonna be so mad." <laughs> <laughs> like, why? <laughs> what the fuck does he care? <laughs> and then he was really mad about it. Yeah. So I guess. <laughs> didn't see him. Punk have some tag team. Where was him and some other vegan? And they were called Animal Cruelty. I don't know. It was some name they had. It was. <laughs> I, I don't know animal cruelty. It was something like it's sort of some sort of humanitarian name they had. I have to look it up. Hang on a second. You guys carry on. Chet carries the elbow off onto the cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think I, what's I really idiotic. You're probably thinking of something else, too. I, I know he was in a tag team with the uh, Colt Cabana and Ace Steel. They're the Second yeah. City Saints. And obviously, but, uh, him and Colt Cabana are very good friends to this day. <laughs> 
<laughs> Colt Cabana, who shares a bank account with his mom, so he didn't do it. I mean, Colt Cabana is like 47 years old, and like he he failed in the WWF like twice, and uh, never never made it really anywhere. ROH had him doing commentary, you know, five six years ago, and uh, it's it's CM Punk's fault that he's not over in AEW, according to Hangman Adam Page. He's he's not for <laughs> workers' rights. Hangman Adam Page, who shows up. Up about once a year now, he just disappears for months at a time. Hang nails, the world page. champion. Speaking of page, where was Kimberly Page in this? I don't know. Uh, Rose McGowan was playing the Kimberly Page because Kimberly yeah, wow. actually still had to run the. She had to run the daily, you know, Nitro stuff for the real show, so she couldn't take time <laughs> off. So they got Rose McGowan. Yeah. Good on them. Well, they needed somebody for David Arquette to have sex with. So, yes. Yeah, because yeah, uh, straight people used to have sex in movies back then, so you had to have the sex scene. I think that's what they called that. Where was Miss Hancock? Uh, Keebler was not in the company when they filmed this. Oh, she was gone. Okay. No, she, she wasn't in yet. Oh. She was. Um, oh, she, oh, she, oh really? The, yeah, find a new Nitro Girl or whatever. But uh, I think that was this was filmed before. That stuff. Boy, were they missing her in this film? <laughs> they gotta really use Stacy Keebler. Speaking of of sex scenes, uh, one of the greatest actors of the late '90s, early 2000s was in this movie. Chris Owen, who played the Shermanator in American Pie. <laughs> <laughs> he was too. Yeah. The ringer. If you needed like a smarmy looking ginger kid. He he was your man. Yeah. <laughs> he plays the I, the guy who's playing the arcade game, uh, with uh Jimmy King. The, the Jimmy King arcade game, and Jimmy King lives in some trailer, and he's up to his eyes in debt, <laughs> hiding from the loan sharks dressed like a woman. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's so badly written. <laughs> I've just changed from a five to a three. His personal life was based on Ric Flair. Is is what happened? <laughs> Ric Flair. Well, he was never walking around naked and uh, with his robe on and <laughs> cornering ex hostesses, airline stewardesses. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is around the time where WCW was writing stories about Ric Flair having an aneurysm and then having to go to the nut house. <laughs> Vince Russo burying him in the desert. Oh, stupid shit! <laughs> it's which hilarious. Is, like, which Rick is not Flair. as good a story as uh, Kane and the um, was it Stacy Vick or whatever that thing was? Katie Vick. Katie Vick. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Kane, who has become the next like Jesse Ventura as far as wrestlers entering politics successfully. It's, yeah. it's so oh, yeah. funny how many people have uh, done a 180 on Kane going from like the smartest wrestler you'll ever meet to like this guy's actually retarded. <laughs> CM Punk was one of them. <laughs> yeah. Like all of a sudden, all of a sudden, those chair shots have really added up, you know, over the last like four <laughs> years. <laughs> Just all of a sudden. <laughs> Yeah. 
All right. Well, we better wrap this yeah. up. So, this movie is called Ready to Rumble. Did we, in fact, rumble? We got that Huffer guy on to say it. Yeah. Who was never on WCW, was he? From memory. Yeah, Michael Buffer. Uh, yeah, he was. Wait, he come in to do yeah. uh, main events. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Notice in the movie he didn't say, let's get ready to rumble. He yeah. Said, We're ready to rumble. Yeah. I don't know if that's how they got away with, because because I I saw in the credits they had something that said like they used the phrase with the permission of the buffer group or whatever. Yeah, but I wonder if they got like a discount by having him say we're instead of let's. Hmm. Something beyond it, anyway. All right, come by on, let's way, hurry up. Uh, anybody can watch us on YouTube with ads uh, as of this recording. Not if you live here, you cannot. <laughs> Except for Australia. <laughs> People who um, live in the real world. Yes. Wolfie, do you want to talk about Plug Your Show? Oh, sure. Uh, WTM, watch this movie. Uh, find it on any podcast app. Uh, the uh, show X or Twitter account is at watch this underscore movie. And uh, I'm on uh, Twitter at positivelywolf1. Uh, and we're planning, we're doing our horror extravaganza, which we do every time, every year around this time. And we're hoping to get some of the uh, MMC guys on for one or two episodes. So Sweet. be on the lookout for that. Mm. Yeah, I could ask for Friday the 13th part two, is it? Yep. Mm. And then uh, Pieces was the other one that we want to get you guys oh, yeah. on. That's right. Oh, yeah. Pieces. Yeah. Classic. And I, I should say you guys frequently drag Zolly out of the comic book store for your show. So that's <laughs> true. Yeah, he's them. he's been on a handful of episodes in the past year for us. Yeah, I still got to catch uh, up on. So we usually make him talk about DC stuff. Uh, yeah. Just don't get him to talk about you know gas chambers. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shout he's out to Mol- to hey. talk about the new Indiana Jones. So oh, we, uh, we gave him a pass on that one. Yeah, no. Okay. I'm not even going to watch it. I just, I will not watch it. Yeah. I haven't and, seen it. Anyway, no, anyway yeah, me neither. big shout out to Mulder as well. All right. Well, if uh, there's nothing else, I'm going to go ahead and say adios. Yeah, peace out. Goodbye. And now it's time for Rue Britannia with your foreign correspondent, the Nez. That will surprise nobody ever knows is still think that Russell Burns accuses a little coacher. The king and his wife shared not paid their first state visit to France this week. The usual protocols applied. African illegal immigrants jumping on the back of the rolls which the moment arrived back to England. French citizens celebrating by using anti-passport deodorant for the first time with their underarms. Fire burning, barricades, manure spreading, and the CRS shooting Muslim joyriders. Never happened in her day.
Anyway, on the basis of let old acquaintances be forgot, the ceremonial dinner was rather fab, with Charles praising the quality of the 17 different cheeses on the menu, and President Macron joking about sending the chefs off to call them blur to be shot. Oh la la. But, and it's all terminal political conference season again this, this season, so now's the time to formally book a week-long holiday in order to get away from such sleazy shenanigans. Unless, of course, you're already of a good time, especially spend a couple of days in a coma as an alternative lifestyle choice. In which case, it's some lifestyle choice indeed. So far, only the Tories have actually outlined their four-day schedule earlier this year. The union flag is banned. Tory London mayoral candidate Susan Hall is banned from speaking at fringe meetings. Talk of Ukraine is verboten, strictly off the menu. Not to mention talk of illegals and tax cuts. In short, all very WEF. And with the general election 12 months away already, party members will effectively be keen not to rock the boat. A bit difficult, really, if the boat has already sunk. Ratings! And the new season of Celebrity SAS on Channel 4 gets underway with the usual round of beating, shouting, psychological pressure, and all-round general torture. Just like the real SAS, just with our provisional IRA terrorists being shot there with live ammunition. In short, if you don't have the skill sets, don't compete with them. Anyway, the usual shabby array of dealer celebrities have signed up on the advice of their agents. All got particularly disgraced, as usual. The ex-footballer, the ex-topless model, the ex-quiz show host, the celebrity chef, and ex-Tory government minister Matt Hancock. Matt Hancock? Hancock is still notorious for being health minister during the COVID pandemic two years ago, not least given that 60,000-plus actually died after taking the jab on his advice. I can only really wish the SES instructed all the best and basically providing Hancock some special health treatment all of their own. I've announced in passing, ex-Conservative Prime Minister Liz Truss is out of manoeuvres ahead of next year's Tory general election defeat, passing tanks on lawns all over the place, attacking the government and government ministers as regarding policy. She has scores to settle. The government passes its online safety bill, which is another blow to freedom of speech. Still on the bright side, you are still allowed to vote. But then again, if democracy ever solved anything, it will probably be abolished. And finally, a government minister admitted this week that she thought that Russell Brown was actually guilty of rape. Minister Caroline Danich formally asked social media site Tumblr to close down Russell Brown's account. Tumblr refused. So the egg throwers at the witch trials will have to look for another target. How about Stephen Fry? Pax. Thank you for listening to the Midnight Movie Cowboys. For more information, go to www.midnightmoviecowboys.com. For feedback, comments, or show suggestions, go to midnightmoviecowboys at gmail.com. Like what you hear? Head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Hear us on Stitcher Radio. Head over to stitcher.com and download the app. Want to help the show out? Head on over to www.midnightmoviecowboys.com. 
and hit the PayPal donate. We appreciate all donations of any denomination. Find us on Twitter at MMCowboys. Like us on Facebook. Head over to facebook.com. Type in Midnight Movie Cowboys. Hit the like button over there. Want to friend us personally on Facebook or follow us on Twitter? Go to www.midnightmoviecowboys.com and find the links from there on the right-hand side. Thanks for listening. See you all next week.